Hola, yo me llamo Gabriel Tenorio de la compañía Las Cuerdas Gabriel Tenorio y Las Cuerdas Guadalupe Custom Strings. Y tú estás escuchando a 60 Seco Hum, la guitarra de las compras, las ventas, de las ofertas, de las reparaciones, de modificaciones, todo lo que es nuevo, novedades. Y tocando en este podcast, 60 Seco Hums, órale. Oh, yeah, we're back. We are back. This is Ryan. This is Steve. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're trying our best to uh, awkwardly acclimate to our new intro structure. Yeah. You're still, s- you're still firing the itis too, man. I, am s- I got pneumonia. Is that what it is? Is what happened to me. Why am I here? I know, right? Uh, after last our last recording session, like the day after that, I just became destroyed. Man. And I've been destroyed for two weeks straight, basically. Yeah. I've been functional this week. Like, I've been working and getting house stuff and done and stuff like that. The week before that, I was not a person. Well, you know, we were talking about recording some bass demos the week before. Uh-huh. And then, like, at the end of the week, I was like, hey, dude, sorry I couldn't make it over this week. Uh, I hope you weren't really relying on that. And you were just like, what are you talking about? Yeah, I couldn't remember anything. I didn't know what was going on. Uh, and it was weird cause I've been editing all this Nam content. And so it's like, I still have to get stuff done and publish new episodes. And then usually like I, I publish stuff like that, that's exciting. And I sit there and I watch the numbers all day. Right. And it's like, I published, you know, the, uh, I published an interview, the interview with Lance Seymour mm-hmm. and then I went back to bed and then a day and a half later, later checked the numbers on it, you know? <laughs> Same thing with the Wampler episode. It's like, I'll check that tomorrow. But uh, hey, mentioning those things, those things turn out great. Yeah. Which uh, episode's coming out this week? Uh, this week, we are going to put out the episode where we sit down with uh, Wade Burden, also known as, known as Beard Tone, and mm. Ben Nystrom. Uh, you weren't there for that, right? I was there. You were there. That was the first one I was there for. That's right. You showed up for breakfast. That was Saturday morning. Yeah, yeah. So uh, we'll put that up on Wednesday. And it's a lot of fun. It's kind of just a casual hangout. Yeah, it's a coffee cast. Everyone drinking coffee except for you. I didn't drink coffee because I don't. Yeah. I'm not a Mormon. I just, uh, I'm not attracted to the stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not affected by caffeine really in any way. Yeah. So there's no chemical reason for me to get into coffee. And I, the, the taste just isn't enticing enough to me. I pretty much just drink it socially. And I don't know if I'm nursing like a mild coffee addiction, but it's not like... A caffeine addiction where it's like, I'm going to die if I don't get my hit of caffeine because I'm so tired. Right. It's more just like, oh man, that smells good. I want to put it in my mouth. You know, it's weird. I like coffee flavored things like coffee, ice cream, coffee candies, stuff like that. Coffee desserts. I just can't get into drinking it. And the few times in my life when I have drinking it, it's been because it's been around and it was hot and the weather was cold. And it was like working outside and it was like, I need a hot fluid in my mouth right now. Mm. And that sounded really terrible. Uh, <laughs> you guys are going to, someone out there is going to make a meme out of that. That's, that's my new ringtone. Great. <laughs> okay. That's what I get for being sick and not being sharp on the mic as I say something oh. awful like that. There you go. Oh man. So what's new, what's new with you, Steve? Um, well, a couple episodes ago, I <laughs> talked about putting together like a bass pedal board. Uh-huh. And I haven't started on it yet. 
Uh, but what I did do is I took the top slat off of that board, like I talked about, uh-huh. painted it black. I saw a wood grain and I wanted it to turn black, so I painted it black. <laughs> um, and uh, I slapped it to the front edge of my old pedal board. Uh-huh. Uh huh. So to make it angled, so it's like a two inch front piece. And um, slap my uh, K Line CP5 power supply on it so I can finally use it. And. Um, angled that thing up i got my uh alexander golden summer reverb on it yeah nice i finally got to use that thing last tuesday um and i also learned last week that the boost that i'm wanting to replace is a uh what is a bs 170 transistor style okay uh, boost which apparently like they're all fairly similar like the different companies that make them they they all share like pretty similar characteristics (laughs) So um, I talked about this a while ago is on the vanity side of things. Like I wanted to have like some name brand stuff on my board. Right. Active builders. Right. So I'm going to be replacing that with a Matthews Aviator. Oh, cool. uh, Which is apparently also a BS-170. I talked to uh, Rick Matthews from Matthews FX about it. Uh And he's like, oh, this this should uh, fit the bill perfectly. So um, we got that going. Uh, but man, that golden summer reverb. Oh man, uh, that thing is nuts. Um, I've kind of just used it, like I think mostly on the shimmer mode. Uh-huh. And honestly, like I don't notice the shimmer that much. I don't know if I'm just. It might just be the way my whole rig is, where I don't. Well, you're using it on bass. No, well, this is for guitar. Oh, so okay. I'm playing guitar this week. Um, but I think I kind of hear it like on the tail end of notes. But uh-huh. I think I tend to. Uh, roll the treble off at the amp, so I don't know if it's kind of killing that a bit. Mm, maybe. I might just not have the effect turned up enough. Um, but just the reverb itself is like so lush, and it makes the like like slow single note kind of run sound really big. Yeah. Um, but then part of that blooming is I'm actually like I'm still learning the pedal, so I'm having issues where if I don't turn it off and I go strum like a bunch of chords like real, uh-huh. real fast. On like a build-up part, it builds up too much. Oh my gosh! And uh, our piano player, because the electric guitar station on our stage is right next to the piano player, he was like, "Dude, <laughs> I can't just kill hear them, myself huh? right now." Yeah. Well, so, Sam, but, but that that pedal, I demoed it, and I'll be putting up the. Uh, if you're listening on a Monday, and this is the new episode, I'll be putting up the gas and go demo of that pedal tomorrow on tuesday yeah it is a really fun pedal it is really feature packed yeah. for a little single spaced a uh a reverb pedal it's got three different modes on it mm-hmm. and the thing that just killed me with this thing is that it's got a, a knob called the tweak knob at noon it's dry there's no effect added. right there's no tweak happening you turn it to the left and it's one kind of you know, modulation or uh, or tweak to that effect happening. You turn it the other direction, it's a completely different modification happening to the signal. Yeah. So it's like each, it's got three different settings and each setting has two completely different modulations or weird things yeah, so, you can do so with So basically it. the first setting is a mod setting and the tweak knob, <laughs> what it's doing is it's, it's sweeping, uh, it's all just modulation, but it's sweeping, it's changing the speed. Yeah. Um, on the shimmer setting, the shimmer one is actually the, the interesting one um, because the uh, sweep goes, if if you're at noon, like you said, I, it's, you know, it's whatever. 
uh-huh. it's not really doing that much. But if you turn it counterclockwise, it's adding the octave down. If yeah. you turn it clockwise, it's adding the octave up. And then the last setting is a delay setting. And I, I actually, I haven't messed with the delay that much. Um, I already have two delays on my board. Right. Um, it's so a I, really you know, nice I just kind of use it for the standard more. I say standard, like shimmer reverb is, right. isn't necessarily like a traditional reverb, but it's kind of become a standard reverb sound. Yeah. It's a really nice sounding like echo on the delay setting. It's a, uh, and you can make it darker, bright with that tweak knob. Right. It's, I think it's a really strong, uh, kind of analog echo delay kind of sound. Mm-hmm. So that thing can play double duty on your board as a reverb or as an echo. Yeah. Uh, totally, totally great pedal. I was super, super stoked when I was demoing that thing and honestly kind of jealous that you have it and I, <laughs> I don't have it. Hey, I'll sell it to you. Hey, maybe. Sell it to you for, uh, how much did I, how much did I pay for it? You won, uh, <laughs> you won a, you won a sports gambling game, Steve. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. Um, we ready to? Oh no, we're not ready to do some ads. We're not. We have people we're, to thank. We're gonna talk about a little pledges. We had um, some pledges come in this week, so yep. I'd like to thank uh, first um, Andre Radishin. I probably butchered that. He's Ukrainian. Don't ask me to pronounce Ukrainian names. Uh huh. Um, I, won't, I think it's Radishin or Radit Radish. I don't know. Anyway, uh, he pledged uh, nine dollars a month to the podcast, so that puts him one dollar away from the inner circle. Uh, I asked him. I was like, dude. I don't really care, like, you know, $1 is $1, whatever you want to do, like, whatever level you want to be at, like, but if you reduce your pledge to $5, you still get, like, all the benefits, the swag, or if you increase your benefit by $1, you get the swag, plus you get in the inner circle, and no joke, his response was, I don't want the responsibility. Oh my gosh! (laughs) Which, which I, yeah, it's just kind of funny, but, uh, so he wanted to give us, we, he wanted to give us as much money as he could without having to deal with the antics of the inner circle. Apparently, apparently, uh, That's so funny. So it's funny. I, I, but we definitely really appreciate it. Oh, 100%. Um, and, uh, our, so, um, wow. I'm really stumbling over my words. Well, it's, it's late on a, Friday. It's been a tough week. Yeah. No um, kidding. So our other pledgers are the Carters, Marissa and Chris Carter. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so they are a husband and wife. Yep. And they're even married to each other. They are married to each other. And they're both musicians. So that's beautiful. Um, and actually, from what I hear, Marissa actually listens to the podcast more than Chris does. How could you listen more? There's only 100%. Like I don't know she, she why, listen- why Chris would listen any less than 100%. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But that's the Oh, maybe that's she listens rumor twice. Maybe. Okay. Okay. Um. So, yeah. So, they joined at the uh, inner circle level. Awesome. And uh, I will be getting shirts out to those people. Plus, our previous donors. It's just been a, a rough few weeks. It's not really rough just busy it's been crazy busy um and i haven't had money in my paypal account so i can't print postage i'm still waiting for an address from someone who i'm actually gonna have to like hunt down and be like give me your address (laughs) um but hopefully let's see this drops on this drops on monday so hopefully within a week like hopefully by the end of february i will have these i'm definitely Planning. You're going to have them out soon. I'll have them out. Val- Valentine's Day is this weekend, so that's the biggest yeah. thing. We're, so, we're doing a wedding tomorrow and then yeah. Valentine's Day. 
So, so in, in yeah. other inner circle news and pledger news is uh, we are back in the black uh, as far as the podcast budget goes. Uh, we got the whole NAM trip paid off and we're starting to get money back in the account so that we can um, make more merch. So we need to start figuring out what kind of merch we want to make. Yeah. Uh, I'm sure we're starting to run out of t-shirts, but I think maybe we should explore some other stuff for a while mm-hmm. and then maybe get back to shirts later on down the road. Uh, so maybe stickers, maybe pint glasses, patches, uh, picks, club cards or something like that. Like maybe we can uh, get a bunch of like master cards made with the logo on there and you can have your very own 60 cycle hunt master card sunglasses sunglasses would be cool with in the shape of our logo like each eye we should here's what we should do is we should shot glasses we should find out a way to print our own gift cards like line up re- different retailers uh-huh and be like would you accept a 60 cycle hum gift card uh-huh. if we made them and I don't know how that would work. Me either. We'd have to have like standing accounts where we are like shoveling money into like the coffers of Pro Guitar Shop. Oh my gosh. This is a scenario where we go to Pro Guitar Shop and we slide a check across the table and it's like, yeah, that's for $600. <laughs> that's the keys to the kingdom right there, right? <laughs> and then. It- what the heck was that? Uh, it's probably a noise that you can't hear on the mic, Steve. I know. So don't react too strongly to it. All right. It's probably the sliding door up in the uh, the bedroom above us. Oh. Okay. So th- that's that's good news is that we're back in the black and we can start doing uh, fun things with the money that you guys are sending us. We're not just going to stick it in our pockets like a bunch of a-holes. We're going to put back into the show with it, basically. Yeah. And, re- hey, this is and a guitar- reward our This is pleasures. a guitar podcast. We don't talk about a-holes. We only talk about f-holes. <laughs> good, uh, good music joke, Steve. Yeah. Man, my voice is really, really it rough. It really is. Let's hit some ads. I hope I can make it through both these episodes. You better. Yeah. I can talk more. I know I everyone wish, likes to hear me talk. I wish you would talk more, Steve. I wish you would talk less. Hey. Hey. Okay, so uh, first shop here. First ad here. <coughs> Maybe I can cough it out. Um, this one I spotted locally on our local Craigslist and the, the ad is title is the entire shop in El Cajon. And I will read the copy here. I am closing my custom guitar and amp business due to the economy. I have literally $10,000 plus worth of parts, guitars, amps, and tools. I will be parting with, I'm a hand radio aficionado and would be willing to discuss some major trading for ham radio related gear. I have many new guitar components such as tremolos, bridges, tuners, pickups, custom tone circuits, and parts. And I don't plan to shoot picks or make up a catalog of available parts for people to paw through and make silly lowball offers for to flip and make profit from. I will discuss such trading with adults via email. No children allowed. And no, I won't tune your guitar hero for you. Picks shown are just some of the available parts and such not. Not all by any means. So this guy is kind of a dick, right? Yeah. Like some of the stuff he makes him sound like kind of a dick. I just, you know. Sorry if you're a listener dick, dude. I, I get, I, I honestly, like I get this. Like if you've, you've sure. been doing like your build your own guitars or whatever, you know, 
my biggest issue with this now now the the picture that you guys are going to see are several guitar necks uh-huh. um the guy also posted a picture of like a desk full of or not a desk but like a workbench full of assorted parts springs pots capacitors yeah. resistors pickups these sorts of things i mean basically it um, looks like a bunch of bodies basically it looks like he's gutted a pile of squires. Well, and that's the issue is like, he's saying, oh, I've got 10,000 plus worth of stuff here. Now, um, who knows what all he has that are in tools. Like, sure. Because tool, tools can add up fast. Oh, but, really fast. But the stuff that he's showing here, there's an all parts neck. There's a blank neck. And there are one, two, three, four. That's not a blank neck. That's a neck that has had the logo. Oh, war- sorry. Like sanded off of it. So there's an all parts neck. There are... Two, three, four, five, six necks that are obvious squire necks, and then a fender and a fender neck. So, so that which looks Mexican to me. Yeah. So, say one hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four, maybe five hundred dollars worth of necks here. Mm. Um, I think that's fair. I think I would give the benefit of the doubt and call what in this main picture here. I would call that eight hundred dollars worth. Eight hundred dollars, sure. Yeah, and then the body, like that's maybe who knows, maybe if who knows what that is. If it's an American body, it's worth two hundred bucks. the The whole point is, is this picture might be a thousand dollars worth of stuff. Maybe. Um, but you're saying ten thousand dollars, and your other two pictures are like six more bodies, right? And a bunch of parts. It just doesn't really seem to add up I mean, to me. Get us halfway there at least. Yeah. Or you know, you know, show us show us your pile of woodworking tools or uh luthery tools, you know. I don't remember if we talked about this ad, but there was an there was an ad that was going around the Facebook group a while ago that was a guy who was selling like eight guitars. He was asking like five thousand dollars for these eight guitars. Something like that, like th- right. in the something in the thousands. He's like, right. the pride of this collection is the Fender USA and Martin acoustic guitar, and that's great. And those two instruments could have greatly contributed to the, his case. But all of the guitars that you could see in there were like Squire, yeah, First Act, totally. You know, import PV. Things that like they might be great playing guitars, but they don't add up to the amount of money that he was asking for. And again, it's one of these not willing to split up. Right. Gotta gotta write me a check for for whatever. I mean, a big problem with this ad is that he's like, oh, I don't want to post a bunch of pictures of everything and have everyone talking to me about individual pieces and lowballing me, dude. No one's gonna call you up and be like, oh, you've got ten grand worth of used stuff. Oh, I'm totally just gonna buy it all. Like he he literally has to make a list of his stuff if he wants people to be interested at all, or else he's going to be making lists over the phone with people. Right, and that's the whole thing. Or like he's, or he's going to be like, oh well, what do you want? And people are like, do you have this? And he's going to be like, no, I don't have that. Well, do you have this? No, I don't have that. And like, who wants to play that game well, with this or guy? Well, the other thing is like, someone's going to go in and be like, <laughs> how much are you really looking for? Right, they're going to come over there. They're going to start looking around. They're going to, you know, kick the tires a little bit, try to figure out what they're going to do. I don't I don't know if there's a this guy's in El Cajon. There is a guy who um, was affiliated with Guitar Trader who was building guitars. Uh-huh. And I think this is basically what he was doing is he was getting like 
He was doing like hot rotted squires. Right. He was making like really nice stuff. I mean, I I think I've seen I've seen some of them. I've actually seen some of his guitars. Like I think at the Delmar Fair. Okay. In like the the woodworking room. Right. Right. Um. But basically, from what I understood, or at least as far as I could tell, he was just buying parts and doing these parts casters from Squire Parts where he, you know, sanded, refinished the neck. And, like, he was doing a legitimate amount of work. Right. Doing all the the fret crowning and beveling yeah. and all of these things. really polishing these turds. Yeah. <laughs> um, and... I don't know if this is that guy, but it's kind of like that idea. The same, it, you get the same kind of vibe off of it. But you know? nobody, you know, basically what you're looking for is, hey, I've got all these turds and I polished them. I polished <laughs> a few of them. Who wants to? Pol- <coughs> who wants to polish the rest? Who wants to buy my turd polishing kit? Yeah, and uh, like, like I said, it's. I think if this guy was to say, hey, I've got. A fender neck and all parts neck and a bunch of squire necks. You want to sell these all? Um, well, I think it, or whatever. Like, I mean, this really got this guy really wants to sell off his stuff, and he claims to have that much money invested in it. He's got to list off at least the big ticket items. Yeah, you know, or he's got to you know, he just needs to take the work to do. You know, you want us to buy. You want uh, I say us. Like the Craigslister. Right. The public. To be interested in what you're selling, then you got to, you know, you've got these pictures at least list off some generic ideas. If you've you've t- shown six necks or seven, whatever right. were in the picture, if you've got 20 guitar necks, say, I've got 20 Fender style well, guitar necks. Here's, here's what's irritating about this ad. Not that he's selling stuff, not what it looks like he was doing with guitars. It was irritating is the stance he's taken like he's doing everyone else a favor by existing and everyone else needs to kind of like just consider themselves lucky that he would even dare to put his collection out on the market. He's probably doing everyone a favor by getting out of the business. Totally. That's probably the truth of it. <laughs> and we could do the world some good by going and buying all his stuff so he can't do more of his oh my gosh. reptile dentistry, you know? The bottom line is like, this is a situation where, you know, you you have a bunch of parts, you take pictures, whatever, at least give some concrete ideas. Like we actually, no kidding. We had um, a friend of ours who was running a guitar shop for a while. I guess he's back in business is uh, if you're in San Diego, it's Ron Childress Guitars. Is he back in business? He told me he was back in business. Cool. Uh, Childressguitars.com. He's a fun guy. Ryan's testimonial is up there. I need to take a picture with my Telecaster. And send him a little write-up because uh, I've got a little testimonial for him, too. I bet and, you do, uh, Steve. And uh, I actually bought a bunch of, like, necks and bodies off of him. But he, you know, here's a stack of bodies. Let me know how much... Like, it was very flexible. Yeah. And he was a super nice guy, you know? Yeah, he's a legit um, dude. This just, like... This... Hey, Congratulations! You want to get into the ham radio and that's the yeah. thing. It's like I want to get into a ham radio thing. So if you've got ten thousand dollars worth of ham radio stuff and you want to be a guitar builder, let's make a trade. Well, I just so happen to be really big into ham radios. I've been into it for a long time. I've got about ten thousand dollars worth of equipment invested solely into ham radios. But I've been thinking about starting a guitar business, and I just wish there was the perfect situation for me to get all the equipment that I need to start a guitar business and get out of the rat race of the ham radio world. You know, <laughs> that's the one person he's looking for 
and they're both they're both going to have their dreams come true when they meet each other. You know, one of these days, like I'm just gonna. I say one of these days, like it's definitely going to happen. Sometimes, some like seeing this type of thing makes me want to just put all of my stuff on the floor, put all of my guitars on the couches, take a picture of all of my pedals, and just take put a it picture all of all there. my stuff. Just make one list on Craigslist and say, "This is everything I own. We'll trade for a working Porsche." Oh my gosh! No, what you should do is just you put it all up there. The title is "I Quit." And then the text under the picture is make an offer. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. There we go. We'll trade for Land Cruiser. <laughs> we'll trade for uh, m- for modest-sized condo or home <laughs> anywhere in San Diego County. What I should do is like just list all of my stuff and put, you know, we'll trade for Elliot 357 guitar. Oh, my gosh. The reality of it is that we're both going to be doing this in a... Uh, you know, 40, 50 years, and it'll be, <laughs> we'll trade for life-saving procedure. <laughs> you know, that's the reality any, of it. Any any rock doctors out there? I know, right? I'm calling I, the blues. I need a quadruple bypass. Or I'm calling the blues lawyer. I ran on someone over with my car. <laughs> <coughs> oh, and of man. course, by then, it'll, vintage Epiphone Les Paul Jr. Bolt-on <laughs> neck. They don't make them like this anymore. Vintage 90s Duosonic. It won't even be called a reissue anymore. It'll just be a 90s Duosonic Vista series. <laughs> What's the next ad? Uh, we have the Dean Machine from the Matt Dean Waltz. The Dean Machine. It's hashtag 26 Dean. 26 Dean, suckers. Wait, wait, is this the Dean Evo? $100? It is, near Penn Square Why Mall. Why is this called Dean Machine? Is that just because Dean and Machine are like a slant rhyme? Yeah. There's a lot of things bad about this. The but strangely, the first thing that catches my eye is those knobs. Those are interesting knobs. What is going on? All right. I have a Dean Evo guitar that I got a got a custom Monster Energy Drink paint job on. Oh, cool. It is in pretty good condition and is a perfect beginner guitar for someone looking to do more rock style playing. But it's pretty versatile. Okay, here's the first thing. Those knobs are pretty interesting. They look kind of like checkers. They look like... You ever seen... They have these in different parts of the country and in in different countries. We have like two liter bottles here for soda. Right. Or cola or pop or whatever you call it. Right. Other places, they have these like monster sized three liter bottles. Have you ever seen those? I believe so. Yeah. And they have these huge caps on them. It kind of looks like that. Interesting. Like that giant sized cap, you know, but they're huge. Like it, that... Each one of those knobs is as wide as the humbucker pickup. And it looks like he's cut into the pit guard on this thing to accommodate one of them. Or well, so this or is overlapping of, it. So this is kind of the interesting thing. One of the interesting things about this is this is, I think, a Dean Evo XM, uh-huh. which is like the cheapest model Dean. Right. No, uh, it of, looks like it's in line with any kind of Epiphone special. Yeah. Um, so this one doesn't actually have a pit guard. So he added that pit guard onto it. Uh, and then I guess like cut around it. Interesting. Uh, I don't know if like that knob is too close for a pit guard, so he had to do it no matter what. It's um, a totally weird modification. These knobs and the yeah. pit guard. Um, and then you know you can do whatever you want with your possessions, but I just don't understand the mentality of people being so proud of the energy drink that they've consumed. <laughs> 
that they need the rest of the world to know about it. You know, I drink Gatorade. I don't care if anyone knows. Like, well, that that's actually one of the things that cracks me up about this is it's like Dean Evo guitar that I got a custom like. It's not that this was like a Dean Monster right. Energy drink This isn't the classic Sobe situation. Exactly. This is like, oh, dude. <laughs> He's telling you. Oh, man. I'm, I had someone make this into a Monster Energy drink guitar to show off where my power comes from. The source of my energy. The Monster Energy drink, you know? Do you think it would have been, it was just like too corny to get the Rockstar Energy Drink uh, logo painted on hey, here? Hey, if you what? got brand loyalty, you got brand loyalty. You need that monster, you know? Maybe, you need that, uh, big, that big M going across your guitar. I honestly, the, the scenario I imagine anytime I see like one of these or I see someone with a giant Energy Drink decal on the back window of their lifted truck or whatever... Is that they got the decal for free at right. like at like a motocross event or something like that? Maybe I'm being super judgmental right now, but I'm not trying to judge these people. I'm just saying that's what I imagine. Well, let's just say that, and I think this is fair that. Um, and then they put it, they put it on their stuff because they just like, oh yeah, I I identify with this brand. It represents. Right. The kind of person I am, I'll put it on my truck or I'll put it on my guitar or whatever. There is a very specific kind of subculture that, like, lots of people drink energy drinks. Like, totally. Everyone drinks energy drinks. Not everyone, but a lot of people. Okay, yeah, okay. Not, I don't drink energy drinks. I they're drink, very, I drink coffee. they're a very successful product. It's a very, it's a very successful product. Uh huh. And lots of people drink them and lots of people have their energy drink of choice. Totally. Um, but it's almost like... Imagine if you saw a lifted truck with a giant Starbucks decal on the back. <laughs> right. It feels weird, right? Right. There's definitely a subculture associated, <coughs> not even just with energy drinks, because I don't feel like there's as much of a subculture associated with Red Bull as there is with Monster and Rockstar. It's kind of a lifestyle brand It's a lifestyle thing. brand, yeah, for sure. Totally. I mean, it's, uh, it's the... Uh, I don't know, the Budweiser of energy drinks. Well, maybe I, I just don't agree with that lifestyle. Um, yeah, what? <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't know what you're trying to say now. Okay. Um, all I can tell you right now, Ryan, is I'm not drinking a lot of beer tonight, and it is not Budweiser. Totally not Budweiser. All right. And it's, you're not actually you're actually not drinking any beer. No. I'm not drinking any beer either, uh, mostly just because I've been destroyed by this illness that has taken over my body. I'm not drinking beer because there's no beer here, apparently. That's true. I don't have any beer here. Uh, I fed you a nice meal, and you just won't stop complaining about the lack of beer. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're ready to wrap up these ads. Yeah, let's move on. I think we've had enough of this Dean. It fills our 26 Dean quota. We have one more ad, though. Yeah, I thought I moved it, but we apparently did I it. didn't. We are trying a new... Uh, not organization not scheme. deserved i'm gonna move it right now oh you are okay. or did you find it already i found it already but oh, you can okay. move it i probably won't erase it while i'm looking at it it will oh great so this thing is interesting okay it didn't it was sent to us from joe uh Pekarski. yep is that how i say his last name it is how you say his last name cool i did it um it is beautiful in yeah. my opinion it looks really really nice the moment i saw this I uh, I tagged Cassidy in it, who's an employee over at Salvage Custom, and I was like, take a look at this. This is beautiful. Get inspired. Um, you want to read the description on it? 
Um, Save my voice yeah, a little give bit. Give me a second. Sure. All right. We just changed up the ad. Modified Marshall JCM 2000 TSL 122 guitar amp head. Wood. $699. For sale. For sale? That's oh. how it's written. Good. I'm not insane. <laughs> For sale is modified Marshall JCM 2000 TSL 122. Six ninety nine used amp in brand new stained red wood enclosure. Metal parts on the head may have some cosmetic imperfections due to previous use. New electro harmonics EL thirty four made in Russia tubes were installed. Amp was serviced and tested to conform, or sorry, to confirm its good working condition. Originally, it was a Marshall JCM two thousand TSL one twenty two combo, but previous owner converted it to head installed in enclosure not deserved by Marshall. <laughs> We built a brand new stained red wood box for it and added some designer touch, making it look and feel special. Now the head weighs only 36 pounds compared to the original Marshall JCM 2000 TSL 100, which is 50 pounds. Uh, we placed the legendary Marshall sound into a more beautiful and lighter enclosure and hope you will like it. We invest our passion into our products so they get part of our soul, which will sing to you. Please contact me, etc., etc. So I don't know a ton about this model amp, but I know that it's not a desirable Marshall. Sure. The, it's interesting because, you know, there's the Marshall JCM 2000s, which aren't like a hated. No, uh, not hated. Marshall, um, but they made the DSL, which is the dual super lead and the TSL, which is the triple super lead. Uh -huh. And the TSL is definitely like, seems to be the less desirable. I think because of like that third high, really like ultra high gain channel, like most people just found it useless. Sure. Um, I it's don't know. I've, I've never used one. I think the DSL was more in line with like the classic, um, sound that like a lot of people, I guess, yeah. kind of wanted. But I gotta say, man, I want a classic Marshall in this head. Oh, the head is incredible. It's beautiful. They've done this like crazy, like modern wood treatment here where there's like random blocks of wood cut out at random intervals out of this beautiful wood that they have here. And then the just the gold hardware of the Marshall against it all. Man, if I had like a studio where everything was lit up really pretty, this would, you know, I'd want something that looked like this in the corner of the room, like a half stack, you know? Right. It's just beautiful. And it's just totally, this amp is just not deserving of this case. <laughs> like like it says, you know? Yeah. So, um, what are they asking for this again? $6.99? That's, if you're in the market for a Marshall TSL... Yeah. That's not a terrible price. They priced it fairly for the amp itself. Yeah. And, and it, then they have this beautiful woodworking. It's kind of interesting because it is a TSL-122 converted into a head. Right. But as far as I know, the TSL-122 head, like the TSL-122 is uh, the 100-watt 2x12 cab right. version. And it's basically like the Acoustic 150 versus the Acoustic 134. 35 36 like that whole series right where the 150 had they took it and they put it into a combo and called it like the 134 yeah or the, like i said there's like three or four different uh combo versions so this is basically a tsl 100 head in a fancy box uh the tsl 100 heads that i'm seeing uh are going on ebay from 600 uh 
650, 675, kind of all in this range. Um, so if you, I guess if you're looking for the thing and you want a really nice looking case, like, and you don't mind the fact that it's might not have that much resale value. Right. If for, I, I want to say it wouldn't have much resale value. It might just have like difficult resale value. If you didn't know what amp that was and what its value was, and you walked into someone's house and it was sitting in the corner on a equally beautiful looking, you know, four by 12 or two by 12 cab. Right. Like what would be your first impressions as far as the value of that amp? If I, if it didn't have them, if it was just blank and you didn't know, I didn't know it was Marshall or you didn't know what model Marshall it was, but you had like a general idea of what amps are worth. I would probably think this is worth like three or $4,000. Totally. Just the, on the appearance. Yeah. Like if that's really the thing that grabbed me with this ad, the amp has nothing to do with it. Just the appearance of this thing is beautiful. I'd love to see more amps that look just like this because it looks so freaking classy. Yeah. Just to try to describe it, basically the front panel um, is a multi-ply uh, front with slats cut out of it. But the way that it's done is like the slats are... Um, it's very, it's very like, uh, some, it's, it's Danish very modern. It's very like Danish modern. Is anyone going to know what that means? It's like a furniture thing. You know, okay. I it's, don't... it looks very like 1950s, early sixties. Right. Like, but like the good stuff, you know? Yeah. I just really appreciate that the way that this is cut out because it's done implies like all of the cutouts are even. Like oh, totally. These, you know, they're they're perfect rectangles. Okay, you guys, uh, click click the link in the podcast description to see this thing, or jump on our Instagram or our Facebook when this episode airs, and you'll see this thing. You'll see how pretty it is. Uh, I don't really have anything else to say about it other than just how beautiful it is, really. Nope. I don't have anything to add. Yeah. I kind of wish that uh, now there was a better amp in it. You know? Yeah. Well, you know, maybe uh, I wonder what it would take to if you owned like say a um, I don't know like a JMP or something like a nicer Marshall, uh-huh. even like maybe a JCM eight hundred. Oh, that'd be great. If you could be like, hey, I've got this JCM eight hundred. How about we just like do the old switcheroo here? Like, yeah. Would yeah. you be willing to do a little extra work? And uh, I'll just buy the cabinet off of you, and, well, and I wonder you if it would have fit. my Marshall head back. Well, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if they're. I'm saying, you know, assuming that you had a different Marshall that was like a classic Marshall that was also the same dimensions. Yeah. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, our topic, huh? So uh, earlier in the week, or was it last week? I think it was late last week. It was like a week ago. Yeah. It was. It was recently. Let's say. Early February 2016. Yeah, there was some incredible deals popping up on Musician's Friend and Guitar Center, uh, yeah. which own each other. They're, they, they, they're connected. They did a um, Squire, I think, was it a, a Jazzmaster Jaguar? They did the Jaguar. The red one for like 150 Uh-huh. And there was a Seafoam one, wasn't there? Oh, um, I don't know. I didn't see that one. Okay. There was an, and there, were, there was an Antigua uh, Burst. Jazzmaster for one ninety nine, and that one was a baritone. 
Yes. It was a is a extended scale. Normally I think that one is normally four fifty. I'm not yeah. sure what the regular price is on the other one. So they had both these up one fifty. Yeah, no, well the Antigua is one ninety nine. It was one ninety nine, which makes sense. So killer deals, musicians friend and guitar center are known to do these like stupid deal of the day sort of things. Yeah, or sometimes they like Sometimes that, they're just clearing sometimes stuff. Sometimes they're just clearances. Like that's uh I bought some stuff on clearance before. We we'll talk about it as we develop because I, totally. I you know it'll be part of the So thing. The prices were incredible, but not shocking considering the sources. Tons of people ordered these things. Everyone yeah. was stoked. Lots of people uh, who are listeners of the show ordered these things and we're talking about it on the Facebook group. And they're like all super stoked. Yeah, they're everyone's like, stoked. I've, always, I've wanted an offset. I just haven't been able to pull the trigger. Yeah, totally. I've always thought the Squires were really good, but like I just couldn't I mean, do it at 400 bucks. 150 bucks is a no-brainer. Yeah, it's and it's a no-loss situation. Yeah, like, totally. Um, so, a bunch of people buy these things. What is it? Like three days later, four days later? Yeah. All of a sudden, people start posting, oh, I got an email from Musician's Friend. Oh, I got an email from Guitar Center. Basically, everyone got emails saying, oh, there was an error in our pricing. We're refunding you your money. Here's, you know, a coupon. If you were lucky, you got the offer of a coupon or something like that. Right. Did not everyone get the coupon? I don't think so. Some people... So, okay. So, go and so yeah. every, everyone starts getting these letters having their their orders canceled. It sounds like some people still have their orders in play and they're just waiting yeah. for the ball to drop there on them. There was one person I saw who said that they got their guitar. Wow. So, a couple of these slipped through the cracks. Yeah. Uh, but basically, the email said that they made a mistake on the pricing, uh, you know, some kind of internet mistake on their site or whatever you know who knows maybe they meant to price a couple bullets that price or something like that you know right or some clearance model squires and these weren't supposed to be the ones yeah who knows what actually happened um there's people saying that maybe they meant to push them at this price but then they got in trouble with Fen- with fender for going underneath the uh what is it the minimum advertised minimum price? Map. yeah the map the map pricing well, I don't know why we need to bring maps into this. Because uh, <laughs> it's a geography podcast. What is this, a cartography podcast over here? <laughs> um, but anyways, yeah, it's total bummer. People are super bummed out. And then they went around after they took down the 150 and 200 price on these things. And they actually made them more expensive than they were before. Which was Did like, they make them more expensive? Yeah, which is like adding insult to injury. I think, I think they both went up. $50 above oh, wow. what the price was before. So maybe because maybe they did that because they were trying to slow down this glut of guitars that got ordered all of a sudden. Yeah. I almost wonder if they were trying to like clear stock uh-huh. and then realized that there weren't any difference between like the 2015 and 2016 models. Right. So they were like, Oh, we don't have to clear stock because they're all the same. We can sell them the same. Whatever and happened, just, it happened real quick. Yeah, it happened within, a, I, you know, it happened within like three or four days or maybe five days. It's just this really weird scenario where my first thought when I started seeing like, oh, looks like I'm not going to get my Squire after all, was like that they just oversold them. Right. And what I started to talk about earlier, what I kind of mentioned was when I 
we we both ordered those mono straps, right? Yeah. You got all of yours canceled, right? Did you get any of them? I ordered one and I got it. You ordered one and you got it. So yeah. I ordered ten and I got eight. Oh, okay. And two of them were canceled as back orders. I, I got gotcha. A, I ordered them. I spent like forty bucks. I got a refund of like eight bucks. Um, that sounds right for these. And um, and I and the email. So so when I first heard like oh they're reg- people are getting their money back, I just figured like oh they this price was like too low. They've sold too many of them. But then the reasoning that I got for on the strap thing was we've run out of them. Here's your money. We're never getting any right, more. Here's right. your money back. They were but, trying to clear them out and they succeeded. Yeah, but in this case, it was like they put it at a clear a clearance price. Apparently, they fulfilled some of the orders, which makes me think they ran out. Maybe. But then they're telling people that, oh, it was a pricing error. When they all they have to say is they had they ran out and everyone would believe them, right? Sure, but then if I guess maybe you'd be more legally liable. If it turned out that you didn't run out? I have no idea how the law comes into it, Steve. I'm not a lawman over here. (laughs) Um, Here's a question I have. Because we could debate until we're blue in the face about what happened or didn't happen. What I want to know is should Musicians Friends slash Guitar Center have honored these orders in other ways? If they have these guitars in stock, should they have honored the orders and complete there have been or was it is it fine for them to cancel orders it's all it's in their fine print when you order yeah, that they it, can do this it's in their fine print that if, but I'm talk- if something is if a, if it's deemed that an accidental pricing error was on a thing that they can cancel the order right is so they're so they're what within I'm asking, their what i'm asking legal the, rights to do that sure what i'm asking is from a sales, you know, PR position, did they do the right thing? I it's hard to say how many people were really affected. Uh-huh. Um I mean, based on the size of our group, maybe like one percent of musicians were affected. I don't know. But then that starts adding up pretty fast. We got a couple guys in our group. Who ordered these things? And our group isn't the biggest group. That's in the what I'm world. saying. So if we had like eight people and we have like 800 people in our group, that's one percent. So if that's one percent across like all groups ish, I don't know. That it adds up to a lot of people. Hundreds of people could order these. It things. could, yeah, hundreds. That that's fair. Easily. It probably wasn't more than that. Easily. Um, somebody actually tried to work out the math on it. Um, and basically came to the conclusion that. Guitar Center could have honored all of these prices. This was based on a a recent statistics that said that Guitar Center is uh, has like two billion dollars of revenue a year. Okay. Now I'm assuming that's across like the entire Guitar Center, like all brands. So Guitar Center, Musicians Friend, et cetera, et cetera. Um, two billion dollars a year. That's a lot of money. That is a lot of money. Um, But it's not as much money as it could be. Yeah. Uh, so that if you know if they would have honored all of these these uh squires, they would have taken like a zero point zero 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 right. you know, like a percentage of a percentage of a percentage hit on their bottom line. So from that perspective, you know, it's weird. But 
a lot of the times these guitars are already in store. So what ends up happening is your guitars get shipped from like other back stocks or not necessarily in a warehouse. Sure. That's how these orders can sometimes be filled. Um, so it's, you know, and that kind of can affect the bottom line of those stores and, you know, a $50 loss means an employee doesn't get paid for a day. Basically. I mean, they're going to, they wouldn't pay the employee. No, I mean, they're going to get paid, but you know what I mean? Like that's right. It's, you know, it's a significant loss. If hundreds of people ordered these guitars and they were actually legitimately priced in a way that they didn't anticipate, um, so, so here, I, I think there are a few different options. Now the options that guitar center took, the option they took was to say, <coughs> we are canceling your order. <coughs> we are giving you a gift card for some amount. I forget what it was. Like, I think it was like 20 bucks or 20, something. 25 bucks. Um, you know, if you basically, if you want to buy this guitar, we'll give you $25 off on this guitar or we will cancel your order. Like that was kind of the option, right? Right. That's what they went with. The second option that I think a lot of people wanted to see them go with um, was, oh, you know, it's, um, it's, we made the mistake. We're just going to eat it. Right. Another option they could have gone with would be to say, you know, this got put on our clearance list when it wasn't supposed to be. This price is actually like lower than we're allowed to sell this for per the right. company. Though I think they can do things in special circumstances. I, I mean, I don't know. So you're saying um, that they they should have? I think if offered it at a a price that made more sense. I think if on I mean I don't even know if you're <coughs> if something is on clearance. Uh-huh. I think if you're marking something as clearance, and this is why I think it has to do with like a model, uh, an accidental model year misunderstanding. Uh-huh. I think if something is clearance, then minimum advertised price doesn't matter. Really? Anymore. I have no idea. I mean, I'm looking at like the fact that Musician's Friend normally lists, I'm thinking about last year, the end of last year, where Musician's Friend or Guitar Center normally lists like a Gibson Les Paul for like, $2,800. Right. I don't know what the minimum advertised price is, but I know they were selling those same guitars for like 2100 Yeah. And that was the sticker. It wasn't clearance, ask us about this price like Rickenbacker does. Right. It was just $2,100. So I, I, my thought is, and this kind of goes to what I think the best solution would have been, would be for them to say, we made a mistake on the pricing. This is the absolute lowest price that we can sell this to you at right we're sorry we can't honor our our the price that you bought it at but like so what i mean is like the squires 450 new yeah the antigua burst yeah um you bought it for 199 the lowest we can actually do is i don't know 300 dollars. offer 300 dollars. totally and you know a couple you, packs of strings or yeah, something you take you take a little bit of loss. You take that loss because like that's a price where maybe that's cost. I don't know. Yeah. And they're you know what? They lost a lot more than, you know, the profit on a couple of guitars that slipped through the cracks. From what I could tell from the reaction of people on our group, they lost customers. Yeah. They lost a lot of customers off this because they kind of crushed your dreams a little bit. Yeah. And it's tough. They crushed people's hopes and their excitement over getting a guitar that they wanted 
and they don't get that guitar anymore. And, you know, this added on top of other frustrations that they had with Guitar Center and Musicians Friend. Yeah, one of the... And they, I think they... I think they're going to hurt from this for a long time based on the customers that they've lost. It's kind of a really crazy thing. One of the guys in our group um, actually uh, was in a like a customer service chat today. Interesting. Which is funny because their customer service online chat looks like um, freaking... Uh, AOL Instant Messenger. Right. Uh, but it says like, hi, the customer service guy says, hi, my name is, you know, how may I help you? And this guy says, I would like to be removed from your email and physical mail subscriptions and to not be contacted by your company in the future. Not once have I been truly satisfied with any purchase from Musician's Friend and having my recent order of a Squire Baritone Jazzmaster processed only to be canceled because of a minor price error. You know, some people might minor, argue that... Maybe not. that $250 isn't minor. Sure. But regardless, uh, after my money was held for four days is the opposite of respect for a customer of over five years. Please remove me from all contact lists and do not contact me again. The customer service person says, okay, I've added you to our do not contact list. I apologize for the bad experience. Is there anything else you need? To which he responded, thank you. If I needed something else, I would not have told your company to stop contacting me. Yeah, no kidding. Um, but it's just kind of a funny thing. Like, that's that's one guy. And on I mean, the one you tell hand, these guys that you don't want a catalog anymore. That's is saying something. Because that's like free entertainment for a lot yeah, of us. Yeah, yeah. That's a, we've done entire episodes where basically I got the new Guitar Center catalog and I brought it over. I'm like, dude, we're just talking about this Yeah, tonight. we'll just read this. I forget um, which episode that was. I think it only happened once. Yeah, but, you know. but I've, you know, I've live uh, Instagrammed, you know, getting the new Musicians Friends yeah. catalog or whatever. But uh, it, I think that's the only way we can really communicate to these people that we're done. You know, yeah. it, you know. Because really what happened is, like I said, is this crushed people's hopes. You know, people were like, oh my gosh, I'm finally getting a Jaguar. I've been Jaguar curious forever. And this is like, I can't resist it kind of price. It's a, it was a too good to be true scenario. Well, and, Like, let's be honest. Like, and, I'm sure a lot of the people who ordered them were like, had that flip sparkle in their eye. Like, I'm going to get this and I'm going to flip it because I know that price is way too low. But then I think a lot of us looked at that price and we thought, Oh, they're doing their low pricing thing, you know? Yeah, yeah, it's a low pricing thing. And I mean, sometimes the daily deal is like today's daily deal is an Alvarez Artist Series guitar. It's two hundred dollars off, so that's not like a. It's not. It's totally not a, nuts. Yeah, yeah, it's not nuts. Compa you know, it, it makes the, the Squire thing not look nuts. Yeah, and like I said, I've seen things on there, uh, both Guitar Center and Musicians Friends. They they have sales like this where the musicians friends call it their stupid deal of the day. Guitar right. Center just calls it deal of the day. Um, they don't want to sound stupid. Huh? Yeah, uh, it was actually funny because a couple days after these people started getting these like rejection letters, um, guitar either Guitar Center and Musicians Friend had their cables, their XLR cables on sale ten for forty bucks. Those were that's nuts. What, that's what we use. Yeah. Um, and, I, and a bunch of people were like, wait, I thought we weren't buying from them anymore. <laughs> but, but you know, the reality is, is that their Guitar Center lost customers over this. There are scenarios where Guitar Center won't lose customers ever because they're the sure. only game in town. Or, you know, the reality is, is sometimes if it doesn't affect you directly, you go, that sucks. 
but I'm, they're still the cheapest game in town. Sure. Um, whatever you want to do, like, that's great. There's, I think we're definitely hitting a point where there are really big questions about the way Guitar Center operates because they still kind of operate like in an old school way. Yeah. That I just don't know, you know, at this point in the game, it's almost like that they op- exist. They still carry some high end stuff, but they almost exist mostly for the low end consumer. You know what? Or the or the consumer that I I'll say this: they don't exist for for the gear junkie. They exist for people who are maybe like working musicians. Or people who... They kind of exist... Like, if you pay attention to their advertising, they exist for people buying Christmas presents. Or that, for yeah. For their kids. For like, sure. Like, their whole thing is like, oh, come buy the, you know, the $99 Strat Pack or whatever. Uh, and I didn't really have a full perspective on that. Because then you go in there and there's still... There's tons of mid-range stuff and some lower, yeah. upper-range stuff in there. Um, but for the most part, the good old lower upper range, you know, you know what I mean? Like low 1000s. <laughs> oh dude, I'm the guy who has the nine tier socioeconomic scale. So right, yeah, right. I totally know what so, you're talking about. I'm just giving you a hard time. So I went to our Sam Ash a yeah. couple weeks ago. And the thing that shocked me is where their price points kind of live for guitars. They don't have a ton of squires around or Epiphones. Mm-hmm. They kind of live in the upper mid to uh, mid upper oh <laughs> kind of range. You know what I mean? Like kind of like the seven hundreds to like the twenty three hundred. Yeah. They've got dollar range they've guitars. Got squires there, but it's like there's not like a ton of <coughs> affinities and bullets. It's mostly like uh, vintage modifieds and classic vibes. They had a cut. They had a row of your student model stuff out on the floor. Everything that was on the wall was all like stuff that's like barely in our price range and above. Right. So it was kind of an eye opener to me that like, here's a national chain who is selling a completely different price point of instruments than Guitar Center is. And even you look at their pedals, they have a ton of boutique pedals. Mm -hmm. Uh, The amps are a different level of amp. Uh, they just had a completely different game going on there. And it really makes you realize where Guitar Center lives. Right. And what they try to sell, you know. And so, it's, I don't know. I don't know if that's good. I don't know if it's bad. There's all kinds of talks about how they're doing financially and what the future is going to look like for them. Uh, they're kind of, you know, they're kind of the Walmart of music yeah, stores. And I, and I mean, I think that's a niche that someone has to fill. Sure. I think some of the, I think small shops... In a lot of ways, have been doing it, but you know, it's it's one of these things where not not to veer too far away from Guitar Center, but it's one of these things where like there are brands that exist only in these like bizarre mom and pops, like we talked about yeah. Music Central before. Um, brands like Sunlight, brands like Biltmore and Baltimore yeah. and Crescent and whatever, like. There are people. There are factories that manufacture these guitars, and the only place you will find them. Well, it's all old, are, like Samic factories are and these, stuff. Yeah, well, they're not even old Samic factories, man. They're like, 
Chinese factories that couldn't get a court contract. Right, right. Um, and they make just complete... I don't want to say they're complete junk because I've been playing a sunlight guitar for the last like right. two weeks at church, but, but like you know, they're they're a very student level guitar. Yeah, they're de- they're they're brands that were import from the beginning. They're brands that only exist in these places because they're not entrenched. They have little to no resale value. Um, I don't want to say they're good or bad instruments, but at least most of the ones that I've played. Have been bad. Where I'm going with this is that Guitar Center caters to like the dis the the, dis, the name brand discerning sure. beginner in some ways. Where sure. you want a Fender, so you go in and someone says, "Oh, Squire, they're just Fender's lower right. lower range." Oh, look at the Epiphone. Oh yeah. yeah. Oh, look at all the they're, Deans. They're owned by Gibson. I've seen ads for Deans. Yeah. Oh, Dimebag played a Dean. Yeah. And these are things that, that work. Whereas if you go to like your mom and pop. I haven't seen a Jackson in They a might really not long time. have. Um, Jackson, I think, is only doing high, mostly high end stuff. Now. Really? Um, I don't know. After the whole like reef, the whole Fender, Charvel, whatever, huh. whatever thing. I'm not exactly sure what's going on with them. Uh, but just that when you go to mom and pop and you see these like off brand things. Right. Like. I think that that's a turnoff for a lot of people who are, they're still beginners, but they're like the 16 year old kid who all they know is that the guitar player from their favorite band is, uses a, that brand. is a Fender Fender sure. artist or a, or a whatever brand artist. So they want that brand like guitar center caters to that kind of beginner. And, and, you know, well, I've heard I've heard salesmen at Guitar Center, you know, have a teenager and his, you know, his mom or dad there, and be like, oh yeah, you know, Hendrix, Hendrix played a Strat. Here's the you know, Squire Strat right here. Yeah, and do that whole kind of pitch. You know, oh, you know, uh, Eric Clapton, Eric Clapton played a Strat too. Here's a here's a black Squire Strat. Yeah. There you go. Uh, it's it's a thing, and and there are good guitar centers out there. I actually think the Guitar Center. The two guitar centers that we... Well, we have three now. I've only been to two of them. Uh-huh. Uh, I actually think they're... As far as guitar centers go, they're probably decent. Sure. I've never had any issues with them. I've never had a, a salesman try to, like, really, like... I mean, there's kind of... You know, guitar blow smoke kind up my of, ass or anything. Guitar centers are kind of a blessing and a curse, you know? Yeah. I mean, they, they push out smaller shops, mm-hmm. obviously, because they can do prices that no one else can do because of the volume that they do yeah. uh but then on the flip side you can go there and you can get yourself a product education and play through a variety of amps and a variety of pedals that are made by boss or digitech and you can play through play a variety of guitars and stuff like that um well, and so I- it is it is you know it does have its value for local like guitarist communities and i think no but i think i think there's a definitely like a gut feeling that something's off about it and that it could be better you know? yeah and i think that um as much as the fear has been that guitar centers are going to drive you know all of the other mom and pops out of town and then jack their prices up because they're a national chain like they're under the collective right pressure of every mom and pop so 
I don't think I've seen that happen. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I think it would be very difficult for that to happen. I think they're more just resting on their numbers yeah. like, because they can sell a lot and they can sell it for cheaper. I don't think you're ever going to see them all of a sudden, you know, right, raise their prices to match like what small shops do. Right. Whereas like I've been in small shops where I've, I've I mean, I've told this story a few times. I've, I, when I bought my very first pack of strings when I was a kid, uh-huh. I think I paid like 10, 12 bucks for like a set of Ernie Ball Earthwounds. Right. Which I could have gone to Guitar Center for like four bucks. Right. Totally. Because the store I was going to, they put list prices on everything in the store. Yeah. And unless you, and this is like pre, I say it's pre internet. This was, yeah, this is basically pre internet 1996. Mm-hmm. So maybe 19, 1996, 1997. So basically, like they n- knew, like if you if you went in and said, "Oh, I can get this for like four bucks at Guitar Center," they would have given you the price, or they would have at least lowered their price and been like, "Well, you know, you're already here, right? Right? You know, you don't want to spend." I think you if know, you went to Music Central over hour. here, they'd be like, "Or oh, we're not Guitar Center, get out." No, well, you know. I don't know. Um, I mean, these places got to pay their bills and they don't have yeah. you know, a behemoth and, of a company behind and them. And like I said, this is pre-internet where a list <coughs> you see a list price. <coughs> this is what the manufacturer recommends. So you assume that's the price. Right. Totally. You know, you don't know what's going on, especially when you're... I was 12. Yeah. Where are we going with this? I feel we're like not we're, going anywhere. I feel like we're lost. We're at an hour and four. Um, <laughs> so you're on the clock. I know, right? Let's let's wrap it up so we can record this whole other episode. Oh, man. Right. Um. Yeah, I it's it's an interesting situation with Guitar Center. If you're not happy with what happened to you with your trying to order a Squire, don't shop with them again. There's other options. You order from Sweetwater, they'll give you candy. Yeah, and you know what? Let us know. Like, if you're on the Facebook group, I know it's a week late, but but find a thread or make a new thread, yeah. uh, or just shoot us an email. I'm just kind of interested. I because I know a lot of people bought them. I just want to hear from people who bought them and got screwed. Uh, I know some. Of I you want guys to hear have, about people who actually got them. Yeah, I want to hear about the people who actually got them. I know there's at least one of you. Yeah. Uh, so I'd love to hear those stories too, um, because I, this this whole this whole story is just nuts. It, yeah. None of it makes sense. I mean, maybe Guitar Center uh, like made things right in a different way with someone out there, and we haven't heard that story yet. Yeah. You know? So so if you didn't get screwed, if they they contacted you and said, "Oh, hey, we made an error," but we're going to make it right and we're going to give you more, like something besides like, oh, here's a $25 yeah. email coupon, pick some, whatever. Pick something else worth $400 and you can buy it for $150. Yeah. You know? yeah. That would be a, a uh, incredible yeah. thing to have offered to you. <laughs> you know? So yeah, uh, what, what song do we have, Steve? Uh, we're doing a song this week from a band called Super Lunch. Um, this, is a, this is a cool song. Yeah, this is uh, a band. The guy who's uh, his name's Owen Miguel. He's in the group Offset Guitar on Facebook. Uh huh. Which is a great group, even if you don't own an Offset. There's some fun stuff in there. Yeah, and he uh, he posted this picture a while ago where he's playing. Was it a Jaggerillo? Yep. And but everything in the picture looks like it's like 1996 or something. It is crazy. This picture, like if you glance at the picture, I was showing it to people. I'm like, what year is this picture from? And they'd be like, oh, I don't know, 96, 97, could be 94, I don't know. And I was like, this picture is from this freaking year. That's not what happened. People were like, well, you're showing it to me, so it's probably a trick question. Right. That's what happened to me because <laughs> my friends don't trust me because I'm an 
asshole. Um, <laughs> but anyways, but that it like I looked at it and I was like, no, there's no way this is from this year. But then I'm looking I'm like that's a Jagarillo. That guitar has only been out a couple of years. Yeah. So I have to believe that this is a recent photo. But like all the kids in the picture, you know, just the mood of the picture, everything they're wearing, everything going on. No one is on their phone taking a picture with their phone. Right. You know? It's like, just a good old like punk rock. It looks so scene. It's it looks, great. The picture looks so nice. It felt it warmed my heart. To I was see jealous. It. I was super jealous. I wanted to be there. Anyway, this band is called Super Lunch. This song yeah. is called Vibe on This. Uh, if you want to check them out, you can. Their uh, their site that I found was Super Lunch. And followed by the letter H. So superlunchh.bandcamp.com. It gives me hope for the future. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. It's the kind of music that I wish I was making when I was a teenager. It's the kind of music I, was, I wish I was making right now. Yeah. Um, it's the kind of band that like, if I was in a band, I'd be like, Ryan, I'm going to Los Angeles to play a show with this other band. <laughs> I would be trying to line something up. Totally, totally. All right. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you enjoyed the song. Uh, I don't know if you have questions, comments, concerns, future topics, ads, 60 cycle humcast at gmail.com. We're 60 cycle humcast on Twitter. Yeah. We're 60 cycle hum on the Instagram. Oh, uh, subscribe to us on YouTube. We are less than a hundred subscribers away from giving away the JHS slash Keely steak and eggs. Yeah. That is also 60 cycle humcast on YouTube. Yeah. So we're all over the place. If you basically Google 60 cycle hum podcast, you're going to find, you'll us. find a bunch of things. We're everywhere. Uh, thanks for listening. See you later. Later.